Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, and I am joined as always by my co-host Andy Rossi. But this season, season two, you may have noticed we've been bringing on some special guests, and that trend continues as we bring on someone I am very excited to have on the show. She does ring announcing. She does commentary for West Coast Pro, CCW, among others. But one of the things I'm really excited about is she is the host of Let's Get Serial. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Alyssa Marino. Alyssa, how are you today? I, I am just doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited for this. Yeah, so you basically do anything involving a microphone, which is very helpful because we have microphones <laughs> here today. Uh, and, you know, we got Andy. He's an actor, director, producer, and all this stuff. So he has a lot to add to this show like this. I just yammer, meander, and carry on. But you, you're a true blue host. I'm excited to hear from you. I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite movies with the two of you guys because, oh, nice. honestly, this is a classic it is. Before we get into it, though, I want you to tell us a little bit about Let's Get Serial. Andy, before pulling back the curtain, Andy was asking, is it, is it what he, think he thinks it is? Is it about cereal? Tell us about Let's Get Serial. It's exactly what you think it is. Uh, no, so it's a uh, it's a weekly show where I eat cereal, talk about stuff, and sometimes talk to people. Um, so I have a various guests that'll sometimes come on and eat cereal with me, usually via Zoom. Uh, usually people within the wrestling world. So it's really nice chance to kind of get to know people over over a bowl of breakfast, you know. And sometimes I just do cereal reviews and talk about nonsense. So it's it's a nice little smattering. <laughs> that that's an amazing thing because there's that show. What's that show called where the guys eating the hot wings with hot celebrities? Ones. I, I would I would tap out after like three hot wings. Cereal, I could go all day. That's what I'm saying. It gives people time to kind of like it's it, it's a comfort zone, I think, with uh, yeah. sharing a meal with somebody. Who doesn't love cereal, by the way? I mean, I, have you met anyone who's like, sorry, I'll do the show, but I don't like cereal? I hope to never have that guest <laughs> on, you know? No, for the most part, everyone's been very, very open. And while I don't give them a lot of time to eat the cereal because we're kind of chatting, Usually everyone's at least a serial fan. Yeah. Now we're going to get into the movie, but we teased it a little bit backstage. I want to get your thoughts. And Andy asked, what is like the, what's your number one cereal? We just got to ask the basic questions here. Honestly, my number one is Golden Grahams. I think it's a bit of an underdog. Uh, it is, it stays together and holds its shape the best. So you don't get that powdery bluff Solid, at the yeah. bottom. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, I just feel like it stays crispier longer. It doesn't get super soggy very quickly. I feel like it's the most, the most bang for my buck. Does anyone go to bat for special K? Not enough <laughs> no. people. Not enough. <laughs> I mean, red berries. Come on. Yeah. Uh, it's a good I, one. I'm a sugary fan of cereal. So I'm more of a fruity pebbles guy. Cocoa pebbles as well. Andy, what, what's your cereal? Uh, Fruity Pebbles is great. I, I'd go Cinnamon Toast Crunch number one myself, but it's a true I, classic. Everything mentions good except for that special K Jack. Get that out of here. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Get that nonsense hot out takes, of here. Hot takes. <laughs> I, I'm not really a big special K fan myself. I just, <laughs> I just, who, whoever says that's their favorite cereal, but I'm, you know, there's a place for it. Uh, yes. Let's talk about this show, though. This is the evolution <laughs> of movie show. And what we do is we watch a movie and then we chat about it book club style. But we call it the evolution of movies because we always pick a movie that came out one year after the last movie we talked about. So we started in 1980, went to 81, 82. Now we're up to 1985, back in a time when we had hits like Back to the Future, St. Elmo's Fire, and of course... 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but we're not talking about any of those. We're talking about The Goonies, a movie IMDb describes as a group of young misfits called The Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long lost treasure. Rotten Tomatoes has it sitting at 77%. Surprisingly, that makes it one of the lower-rated movies we've watched this season, which kind of shocks me. Of course, I loved this movie as a kid. Uh, People on Twitter were saying they loved it. Mark Johnston, uh, at Luchatographer, said, It's one of the most quotable movies of all time. It's a movie where I wish I lived in that world and was friends with everybody in it. Alyssa, you're the guest, so I'll let you get the final word on this. So first, I want Andy to just answer the question is that a fair score from rotten tomatoes 77 percent man this has been a tough season because these these rotten tomatoes in the 80s is all over the place but i would say 85 just was tough for the goonies to i mean you mentioned back to the future peewee's uh peewee's big adventure i don't think that one ranked very high (laughs) it should have been that's the first (laughs) one right that was the first peewee that was a good one what was the other one you mentioned another movie that was pretty good elmo's fire uh, I don't remember that one, but that's Rob Lowe's debut. So that had to rank pretty high. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just all relative. It's it's hard for the Goonies to compete, but I think it should have been higher, especially at that time and especially some of the movies we've seen recently. But uh, I'll, I'll accept it. Uh, Alyssa, had you seen Go- the Goonies before this? And what were your thoughts going into it this time around? Honestly, I am such a fan of The Goonies. One of one of my all-time favorite movies. When you were kind of talking about the different possible episodes, I was like, "No, Goonies. I want Goonies, please." Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it was it's just such a a feel-good, fun adventure of a movie. It's super relatable and I'm actually I don't I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I'm like a little offended by such a, a low Rotten Tomatoes score. Um I think considering, you know, it, it had its issues, you know, like any movie does, but I think that it was so just charming and heartwarming. So I'm I'm a little I'm a little disappointed in that rating. Right. And to to compare it, we had recently <laughs> just watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. So it's, you know, there's some higher, you know, that some very well loved ones as well. But you're right, this movie it almost felt like a rite of passage as a kid. Like every kid is supposed to watch this movie and enjoy it. So I love this movie. I'm excited to really break it down and get into it. But before we do, I always like to say thank you to everyone watching or listening, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Hit the like, comment, share, subscribe, five-star review button, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated. Are you guys ready to just dive into this movie now? Let's do it. Let's go. Hey, you guys. Hey, Hey, you guys. guys. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we start with a skull-fueled title sequence that leads us to a criminal pretending to hang himself in a ruse to pull off a jailbreak. They fumble and bumble getting into the getaway car before speeding off through a small town. Past characters will soon learn to be Andy, Mouth, Data, Chunk, and so on before the bad guys get away. Alyssa, this is just the very beginning uh, and the first introduction to this movie Tell us a little bit about the movie we're about to watch and the characters that live in this world we're about to inhabit. So I feel like this scene especially really sets up everyone. So you kind of get in these really short snippets a feel for who they are. You know, you have Mouth who's running his mouth and gets a bunch of water in the mouth uh, because he just can't shut up. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Chunk with wanting to be uh, 
an observer to the police chase and then like squishes the pizza and like the milkshake all over his face. It's it's just, (laughs) it speaks to, you know, the clumsiness of him. Um, You have Steph who's so, you know, busy, hard at work that she doesn't even notice what's going on around her. I feel like she's super, super grounded. So it's a great way, I think, to set up these characters in really short, and and Data with, um, he was using the little, um, Suction, uh, cup. suction cup thing yeah to, yeah. to try and uh, pull the the like he's such an inventor he's such a genius so i think it's a really great way to kind of set up who these characters are and how they can play a role in this adventure you know andy i am gonna confess something here i didn't realize so much this movie i must have seen or so many times i must have seen it when I caught it on TV, because I actually didn't remember this intro sequence that well. So clearly I just was catching the movie already started. But this is a really clever way to sort of introduce us to all the characters without beating us over the head that these are the characters. Yeah, I definitely don't remember the beginning at all. And I I noticed this at Steven Spielberg Presents and uh, I actually watched this movie with my wife who had never seen it. And I'm like, oh, it's a nice, you know, for little kid movie. Um, When I was a kid, I had to watch it. And then the guy starts off, he's hanging himself in the beginning. And I'm like, wow, this movie was really dark. I'm like, Spielberg started with this. And then, of course, he has his little note and he didn't really hang himself. Uh, So I thought that was clever. And then you're kind of like, okay. And then, yeah, like like Alyssa said, just meeting the characters along the way. It was very like organic way to kind of be like, okay, here's the people we're going to that literally everybody that's going to be in the movie pretty much in that first, you know, five minutes. Yeah, like I said, I, I've seen this movie a thousand times, but for some reason I was like, I don't remember a guy hanging himself in this movie. But <laughs> yeah, I was, I I was the same it. way, but I think that's just because I've always seen it on like TBS or something like yeah. so many times though. Because it is, and Alyssa, I, I don't know about you, but this is one of those movies that when you see it on TV and you're flipping through the channels, you stop. This, is, this is where you go. It. it- <laughs> One thousand percent. And also, can we just talk about the fact that uh, somehow the prisoners in this county jail were just in plain clothes? I I thought that was interesting. All right. That's an interesting choice. He's just cool. Just walking out of here. That's super. Right. Very minimum security. Yeah, exactly. They didn't they didn't really have that place locked up. very No, no, very well. Very well. It it wasn't that hard to get in and out of that place. But yeah. Uh, we, we start the real movie with the phrase, nothing ever happens here, Thanos' brother says to himself. <laughs> so you know nothing's going to happen. That is, until everyone starts inviting themselves over. Mouth shows up and quickly shows us why he's called Mouth. Chunk gets through an elaborate gate and Data zip lines in. They cause a ruckus in the house, and as kids at that age tend to do, before Mikey's mom shows up with Rosalita and explains the house is getting destroyed soon. So the kids decide to sneak into the forbidden attic and look through its treasures, including some pirate stuff, including the story of a failed explorer, Chester Copperpot, and a map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. Um, Alyssa, I want to talk to you about how this, looking back and watching this time around, I love this scene because it's kind of a mini version of what we're about to expect in the movie with this attic you're not supposed to go to filled with treasures and something they find there. And I think, too, it's a really interesting way to set up uh, kind of the the cautious nature of Mikey, who then, of course, you know, we see this kind of evolution of his his character. Uh, but but yeah, it is this whole uh, still the setup of 
kind of uh, the relationships of these characters, you know, Chunk being, you know, the, the butt of the joke with the truffle shuffle and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but but seeing how this will kind of come into play <laughs> later on and, and Data kind of like busting through uh, the, the screen door and, and stuff like that. And even the relationship between Brand and Mikey. So we do see kind of how uh, the, the shift from Mikey kind of going along with the adventure to then kind of being the one to propel the adventure. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the truffle shuffle because that might be the most iconic part of this whole movie. And it makes me laugh and giggle every time I see this kid's face when he does it. He goes all in on this truffle shuffle. Uh, And and Andy, this was something, again, the things they kind of tease, the opening of the gate, which was incredibly elaborate and felt like (laughs) it'd be so much easier to just walk over and open the gate than to set this whole thing up every time. But Again, you see little traps and things like that throughout the movie, and it was sort of teasing us of what to come. Yeah, when I was a kid, I remember all the traps and stuff I thought were so cool. We'll talk about it, but uh, they may not be be as cool as I remembered them, especially that one opening the gate. I'm like, so the chicken had to lay an egg in order to <laughs> open the gate? I'm like, just, just walk out there. Just go open it up. And I thought there was more truffle shuffle. He only does it once. I was For some reason in my head, I thought it was a thing he he consistently did, but... Just that one time, I guess it just rose to infamy after after the one time. I do want to mention one line that I thought was weird uh, that Maltz says. Maltz says he wants to uh, go out and go sniffing some lace. I don't know. Just thought that was a weird thing to say. Very interesting line. Another interesting line from that part was I like the mom says, I want the house to look nice when they demolish it. Uh, what What was that? That's such a mom that. thing to say, though, and do. But like to kind of analyze that, do you feel like it's her trying to find control when things are out of her control? You know, it's like I don't have control over the fact that the house is getting foreclosed, but I do have control over how it looks when they tear it down. And her favorite statue was a little interesting. Why that was her favorite statue and her favorite part and her favorite piece. So she, the mom, mom, (laughs) you know, but Alyssa, I like how you mentioned that because it is true. It does feel like she is always she is trying to kind of control this very chaotic situation. As I'm watching this, I remember thinking. There is so much going on with all these kids just talking constantly over each other. But that is how kids are. And maybe Mm -hmm. as a kid, that's what makes it so endearing as well Is you're like, this is what it's like with my buddies. We're all talking and all this chaos. But you're right. The mom kind of controlling things. (laughs) The statue. How funny is the statue? That honestly. And and again, it's the setup to the klutziness of chunk and here we see how it uh does not work in his favor but later on of course it does um and and also we see the introduction of mouth's incredible spanish yes (laughs) very impressive critical critical piece of this picture (laughs) you know they do because yeah when when rosalita came in at first i was thinking this feel like why do they need they don't really need rosalita but it does give us that ability for them to then sort of plant that seed that he speaks Spanish and it does actually matter in a, in a lot of ways. I did want to also mention, I don't know about you guys, but for me, Chunk felt a little bit like he could be an eighties version of like a Cartman from South park. I could see oh, yeah. him like as a live version Cartman in some way. Uh, <laughs> I, def- I definitely think he's a little uh, kinder hearted. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say more endearing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Definitely more endearing. Well, that's, <laughs> yes. that's true. But they're also laying the seeds of him being a liar, even though he doesn't lie throughout this whole movie. But <laughs> he embellishes. He, exactly. He's he's a storyteller. <laughs> well, and, and and they show sorry, and and this the setting up thing, Jack. I know you like it when they set up something and they actually 
give you something later. Love so it. even Josh Brolin's character of brand, I was, I was like, man, this guy just keeps working out. I'm like, why is he keep? And that very eighties, like accordion looking uh-huh. <laughs> thing. I'm like, why does he keep using that? And then, and mm. then, yeah, we get to the part where, uh, you know, a couple guys drop off some foreclosure papers before Goonies are good enough. Blast through the house and brand gets tied up in his workout gear. Using a doubloon, the Goonies line up the rock formations and make their way to an abandoned restaurant and right into the clutches of the criminals. After being offered some water, Mikey goes to use the (laughs) restroom and we get our first glimpse of sloth. The kids run in fear and the leader of the gang says, kids suck. While that (laughs) happens, by the way, Brand on a cute little bike gets launched off the side of a cliff by Troy. Uh, this is, uh, Alyssa, I want to ask you and talk to you kind of, this is where we actually develop who the bad guys are. We get a little bit of character development of the, the Italian singing one and the, and the mom, I I actually never got her name. I don't think mama uh, Mama Fratelli, I think is mama. Yep. But, but yeah, this is where we're sort of introduced to these are the bad guys. These are who we're running from. I absolutely love the Fratellis. I think that they're so they're so fun because obviously we see that they're, you know, menacing and they're, um, uh, they 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 induce a lot of fear in their own way, but they're such bumbling idiots at the same time, you know? It's it's like they have these glimpses of how clever, like with um, which one is it? Jake, I think, yes. a- escaping prison. Uh so what a what a clever plan. But then you have just like the relationship between him and Francis and how they are at odds constantly. I think it is so genius. And then you have the toughest one out of all of them is Mama, which I think is right. hysterical. The yeah, you're right. They do walk that very thin line of being both very frightening, but both very unfrightening at the same time. Very safe, yet also very frightening. And I, this is where I want to say that I think that um, uh, like when Mama Fratelli takes uh, Mouse Tongue and is like, uh, "We're only serving tongue here." That to me was one of the scariest parts of the movie. I, it still gets me to this day. Andy, I want to ask you, the uh, when when Brand gets launched off the side of the cliff, <laughs> I want you to talk me through that. And I also want to talk ask you, when he says, I'm going to hit you so hard, you're going to wake up and your clothes are going to be out of style. <laughs> that was good. Did he make that up or is that like just something that everyone – because I feel like I've heard that a million times, but did he start that or did he copy that? That was definitely the first time I had ever heard it. And it's such a great line. It even gave me a chuckle yesterday. Um, but the, the bully, uh, Troy – yeah. Dude, like he that guy, like how is Josh Brolin alive after that or brand? Like <laughs> he goes flying off that thing. And like, man, I'm just like, I would have been more mad if I was brand too. Like, I, like that guy literally made him fly off a cliff and destroy that poor little girl's bike. Like that little girl's going to want that bike back and she's going to look and it's going to be in bits and pieces. No. Not after Brand is done with it, that's for sure. Yeah. So the Goonies, they want to abandon the treasure hunt, but Mikey says it's our time, and Brand says no, but the girls are into it. And so like most teenage boys, Brand says, okay. They make their (laughs) way downstairs, and they see Sloth again. Uh, He's scaring everyone, so they leave Sloth chained up in a basement uh, (laughs) and then instead find some counterfeit money and a dead body, which means they've already made it farther than the Stand By Me crew. They continue into the (laughs) caves, banging on pipes and stumbling across the body of the dead Chester Copperpot. 
Meanwhile, Chunk is separated from the Goonies and runs right into the bad guys, and he tells them <laughs> everything. Uh, Alyssa, I want to talk to you. This is sort of where we have the full group finally together. Well, not Chunk, but the sort of the main adventure group finally together now that the girls have joined the group. Yes. Yeah, so I think this is something where it's all of this is kind of matters of happenstance where it's like, oh, the girls in Troy just so happen to be driving by and like launching brand off a cliff. Um, <laughs> and, and I think it's just something where we're starting to see more of the, the personalities coming through and still building those relationships between the characters, even to the point that, you know, Chunk's clumsiness is what leads them to finding the lowest point of the floor, you know, knocking over the, the big water cooler. Uh, and I think it's just such an interesting balance of all the different personalities and how we can see um, each of them having skills that are going to help the adventure continue. And I love the shift from when it was about going up to the attic to, you know, look for rich stuff. And Mikey was like, no, 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 I'm going to get in trouble. I don't want to do it. My hay fever's acting up to them being like, no, 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 we're going to do this. Oh, you guys mm -hmm. are doubting? No, 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 we're going to do this. So I love that. That kind of shift starting to happen. Yeah, and it was definitely that first line, nothing happens here, to now suddenly being like, yes, something is going to happen here and oh, really mm -hmm. developing that character. Andy, this is where the, I, I call it the chase part of the movie kind of starts. And for me as a kid, this is where I would say the quote-unquote good part starts because now they're really going into the tunnels and now they're before we get to all the traps and stuff, but this is where it really starts. They are on an adventure looking for treasure. Yeah, and this is kind of for me, this is the movie I remember. I actually didn't remember any of the beginning stuff in the restaurant with the dirty water and the guy <laughs> hanging. Like, I don't remember any of that. Even their house, I don't really recall that too much. It was more of this part where it's more like Indiana Jones for kids, you know, sort of thing. Um, and I just made me laugh so much where Chunk, Chunk's in the middle of the road. I'm like, oh, good. He found somebody. He's going to get out of here. And he tells them everything all truthful and then it's the italian opera singer murderer and he's like oh well 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 i guess uh we're gonna take you with us pal and and poor, poor chunk time. sets himself up so bad too because he's like i saw him and i can tell you everything about <laughs> yeah. him i can yeah. rat him oh all my out God. these really disgusting people the fratellis and seriously i think one of like chunk has so many beautiful uh like itty bitty moments that are so freaking hysterical when he's in the back and you see through the rearview mirror he's like <laughs> and he's like just like quietly screaming for his life like it's just so genius and, and, so and like good. the juxtaposition of like this beautiful operatic you know baritone that's going it's so funny <laughs> he was he was brilliant i don't know if he decided to not do movies anymore or what his uh decision was or why he's not but it seemed like yeah his timing his delivery was perfect and I think the best thing about Chunk is I feel like we all knew a Chunk growing mm -hmm. up. Some of us were a Chunk. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mikey, he finds our first set of booby traps, pulling a small cable and setting a series of events in motion, dropping boulders from the ceiling and releasing some bats. The Goonies survive all of this and Data goes to set some traps of his own to slow the criminals should they pursue them. The Goonies get to a waterfall with coins all over it and realize it's a wishing well. They talk about how they aren't just coins, but they're, they represent people's dreams, and Mouth isn't fond of the idea. But the Goonies are about to abort their plan when Mikey gives a rousing speech and says it's the parents' time up there, but it's the Goonies' time down here. And it works, and they go back to their quest of adventure. 
Meanwhile, upstairs, the criminals are about to put Chunk's hand in a blender before they find the doubloon and realize there is treasure to be found, so they leave a terrified Chunk with an excited sloth. Andy, I want to ask you about uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie that has almost nothing to do with the rest of it, and that is when, when the character Andy sends back Troy's wish and his jacket, and <laughs> Troy cries about it. I, that part made me laugh so hard. So what is it? These guys are just, I don't know. When I was in high school, I wasn't hanging around a well. And they just so <laughs> happened to be like talking like, hey, Troy, what's going on with you and uh, Andy? Oh, right. well, you know, uh, as we do as high school folk, we sit around the well. And <laughs> throws this thing in and then comes back up. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was super funny. Then what, what does he pull up? Like her, just her jacket or or something, right? Like, right. is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, he sends up her jacket. And it's funny, I, I would think he reacted a lot differently than I think I would if I found out that a bunch of my friends in high school were in the bottom of a well yeah. somewhere. What he are you doing? Very, he was like, my wish is about to come true. Like, <laughs> she's stuck in a well. This is a very serious situation. He yelled something too, too. Didn't he yell like her name? or Andy, yelled... you goonie. <laughs> <laughs> What a per every good 80s movie needs a Troy type character in it. Yes. Perfect name too. I love that name as a as a high school punk like villain. Troy. <laughs> There's Troy over there. Uh, this was another moment too where poor Chung just uh, again this is something that scarred me so much as a kid with them putting his hand in the blender. Literally every time I see a blender to this day, this is no joke, I think about that scene and like putting your hand in a blender. But he was a hero in, in a way, Alyssa, because when he got a second, he he doesn't run away. He says, run, they're coming for you. He really does. And I think it's we it's it's so many different character evolutions that we see over the course of this movie. Chunk went from being kind of like the bumbling, klutzy, you know, dopey friend to then being brave enough to, you know, hang back and go try and get the police and and honestly tried really hard to plead his case, you know, yeah. trying to get a hold of the sheriff and just no one believes him because of, you know, his <laughs> reputation. Uh, but one of the things that I love in this too is when Chunk uh, goes for the ice cream that's been left on the ground <laughs> yeah. and he's trying to, he's eating. He's like, see, I told you guys. So good. And then they take the ice cream and then he tries to lick the spoon and they take the spoon away. Like there's so many just <laughs> the iconic moments of Chunk. Like I just want a montage of all Chunk moments from this movie because he's amazing. Yeah. If this was a if this movie was made today, they would 100% do a spin-off movie of Chunk. <laughs> he needs a standalone. He does. Yeah. If this was a Marvel Cinematic Goonies universe, <laughs> Chunk with Sloth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because we'll find out later they may have a history after after this movie. Yeah, so yeah, cuz our future after this movie. Yeah, actually, to your point, uh, Chuck wins over Sloth and, with a candy bar, and they break free, and as mentioned, they call the police. But like everyone, they don't believe Chunk, so uh, they just start following the Goonies towards the treasure. Meanwhile, the Goonies use a key that catches Mikey's arm and almost drops Data to his death, if not for his pinchers of peril. The criminals catch <laughs> up to the Goonies, so again... Data saves the day with his slick shoes and finds what looks like the original Game of Thrones throne. Uh, they are barely able to play the right keys as Data continues to be the hero of the movie, fighting off the criminals with a spring-loaded boxing glove until they can head down the water slide into a massive underground pirate ship. Uh, Alyssa, 
I remember liking Data going into this movie, and then as I'm watching this time through, he's like the only one that really stands up for the criminals throughout this movie, and constantly he's setting traps to slow him down. He's throwing the slick shoes out there. He's throwing boxing gloves at him. That is a fighter. No, seriously, Data is incredible. And and again, we see him from like, oops, I like busted through your screen door. Oh no, I got thrown into a trash can to, hey, I'm defending us and kind of protecting us from these criminals that could end our lives. Um, but also too, I think another standout is is Andy with the with the organ, like the in- incredible playing. It's like, it's like each person played such an important role. And I think uh Data definitely, I think, does the most as far as we see. But each person is so critical. Like, if not for Andy, what would they have done there? Or, you know, if not for um, Steph keeping Andy calm, you know, and helping keep Andy grounded, like, what would they have done? Like, things could have gone so differently without any one of those people. This is where the puzzle part of the movie really kicks in for me. Because, yeah, this is where they're solving puzzles. They're not just going down and avoiding traps. Now there's mind games to it. And, Andy, we talked a little bit about this during Raiders of the Lost Ark. But, again, I always like to imagine there being, a, you know, them going back in time and the pirates putting these together and being like, Henry, they're not going to figure out how to play notes just because you put them like that on the back of the map. <laughs> like, oh, trust me, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. And I, I imagine the ghost watching this play out. See, told See, you. See, look, was- look, I told you. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and wow, just playing the wrong notes, you just fall through the flew the through the floorboards. And I I definitely need to fact check here just slightly <laughs> because uh Andy says that she played uh piano in like as a 4-year-old or in 4th grade or something. Looking at that sheet music, that was very advanced sheet music for someone that hasn't played piano in years. There were some chords there, like how do you find middle C kind of thing. So I always wonder now, this is so really weird and random. So there was this progression of notes, right? If right. you're, if you play the wrong one, do you just move on to the next one? Like, is it just in a sequence or do you have to go back and play the right one? It seems like, like, this is how weird my brain is. Cause I'm like, Hey, if I was in that situation, would I try and replay the chord that I messed up? Or like, how does that work? You know? That is such a good question. <laughs> yeah, right. I have no idea. And now I'm wondering like, what would I do? You're right. Would I continue going on or would I keep playing the tune? That's a great question because I don't know. I don't know how I would answer that. And like, what happens if what I was thinking is what happens if like Chester Copperpot didn't make it that far, but what if he got there and he messed up and the entire floor fell out? And so what? No one will ever find the treasure. It's just stuck because they. You have to repel across there or something. I don't know. Yeah. How does that How like the pirates didn't think this through very well. They should have put better directions <laughs> on the back of the map. Was everybody really fluent in the piano back then? They're just like, oh, yeah, we all know they'll, how to play the piano, it. so we'll get it. <laughs> they'll figure it out. It's, it, I, everyone I, plays the piano. Everyone plays And I will say that this scene does give me one of my favorite iconic lines from the movie. Uh, if it's not A sharp, we'll all be flat, uh, which is funny because on a piano, <laughs> A sharp and B flat are actually the same note. Oh. So I, I think that, yeah, that's a little a little clever thing that I thought was really, really genius. I, I wonder if that was actually them writing that in cleverly or if that just played played cleverly but that is i know i didn't know that yeah Yeah. 
uh, you're you're dropping all sorts of piano knowledge. Do you know how to play piano? Elizabeth? I I played a very little bit when I was in like high school and college. Um, yeah, not 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 an expert. I definitely couldn't have done those notes on the bone organ, but uh, <laughs> the copper bones. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't do those. Yeah, you couldn't save a group of adventurous children looking for treasure in this situation. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, Andy also accidentally kisses Mikey in this this part. That was strange. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that felt necessary to throw in there, but it... I do think it's funny that they they really play with the whole. Oh, I think there was a hole there. Brand was standing in it, like because Mikey's so short. So I think right. that it was really funny how they tried to really save Andy and make it seem like, oh no, she really didn't know. Like she really thought right. that it was Brand. Right. Yeah. It was. Uh, I, I wonder if they they do that because I think a lot of people watching considered Mikey the leader, and they wanted to give him sort of a uh, Mikey gets the girl kind of moment in some way i don't know could be and i think it was also like with him being uh and as like him having asthma it was the idea of like this like really heart racing moment oh do i okay maybe i maybe i don't need this i'm just gonna put this away <laughs> right oh. right so and, well can i oh, talk yeah. about da data really quick so yeah we talked yeah. about like his all his inventions are he's for lack of a better word, Data's so cute. <laughs> like, I don't know why he's such a cute little boy. But he yeah. keeps referring to himself as Data. And I don't know why he just reminded me of Elmo. He's <laughs> just like, Data is scared. Aww. Data likes this. I'm like, oh, little Elmo oh, running man. around. <laughs> what, what, the way you know he did that role great is at no point did I question how he fit all those things onto his body. Like, <laughs> yeah. the box, like, like when the boxing glove comes out, I never said to myself, that wouldn't fit in his shirt without sticking out like crazy right. I, accept, I accept that that makes sense yeah it checks out yeah for yeah. sure so the goonies get on the boat and at this point seem almost a little too comfortable around dead bodies even stealing a sword and saying he's dead he won't care but hey <laughs> they're closer to the treasure and they explore the ship and find one-eyed willie mikey brags about beating the pirate before taking the treasure but not the treasure that belongs to the captain but are finally caught by the criminals once again data is the only one fighting back as he shoots pinchers of power at the testicles <laughs> of one of the criminals but well it's done. not enough the criminals make the goonies walk the plank which would be fun if their lives weren't on the line and just when all <laughs> hope is lost Hey, you guys! <laughs> Echoes throughout the game as Captain Chunk and Long Sloth Silver save the day. <laughs> the Goonies escape as the criminals set off the final trap by taking Willie's gold. The parents collect their kids. Chunk obligates his family to a huge financial burden and risk of taking care of Sloth for the rest of his life. And Rosalita gives relative strangers a bag of diamonds to save the town as one-eyed Willie's ship finally sets sail on its twilight cruise. Alyssa, was this ending good enough for you? Oh, I see what you did there. I see yeah. what you did there. Uh, for, for me, I think I... I think I love the movie in all of its parts, so... I think I accept that this was the ending. I I think that there were a lot of questions that I wanted answered and there was a lot of follow-up that I wish that I received, but um, I accept that the the Goondocks lives to see another day. I I accept that the Walshes must have made quite an impression on uh, Rosalita for her to not just pocket the gemstones for herself. Yes. Even though she must think that they are absolute heathens from how Mouth described yeah, them. Right. Yes. So it's like, oh, okay, but I guess you're cool with them. That's fine. Um, I yeah, I, I always wanted to see the spinoff of uh, Sloth and Chunk 
you know, take Manhattan or something like that. You know, like I always, I always wanted to know like what that dynamic looked like uh, as, as things progressed. The um, so when, when sloth shows up with chunk, this is one of the biggest, I guess, like, I like as a kid just pop moments of like yeah they're here yeah. and sloth ripping off his shirt and exposing the the <laughs> superman, superman shirt andy uh how do you not love this moment uh it's amazing yeah it's it's just the for me that's the best part is like sloth coming to the hey you guys as a superman shirt and i did think it was funny like we talked about like just chunks us like hey we're you're gonna we're gonna adopt you you're gonna just come move in with us like he doesn't get any i don't think his his parents suggested it or anything just chunk was like yeah this guy's gonna live with us and I'm like, oh, all right sounds good and the ending i thought was weird how all the families are just hanging out at the beach just like ready to <laughs> accept all their kids and just like and a lot of littering going on mikey throws his inhaler on the beach dad rips up the papers just throws them wherever they land i'm like all right <laughs> yes a very very and then, hey, there's a ship i don't know as a kid I, I i don't know why i loved that ending i thought it was really cool i'm like oh look at all the yeah. family on the beach and stuff and this time i was like i don't know i don't know i don't know what else they could have done i guess i just accept it but as long as sloth got to be a hero i guess i guess i'm happy i think it's just so fun you don't think about those things you just go yeah. oh, okay this is great yeah uh, cool there, there was a little bit of character moment, and Alyssa, I wanted to ask you about this or talk to you about this, how the, I was thinking about when they were in the waterfall and they were like, you can't take these coins. They represent someone's dream. And then mm. they get to the end in the captain's chamber and Mikey says, don't take those coins. Those are those are one eyed willies. And that mm. was the thing that set up the final trap. I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching here, but it feels a little bit like there's a message there. You're supposed to leave for people their hopes and dreams or something. I don't know. I actually never really put together that parallel before. And I really, really like that actually, because it is, is nice. the, the coins in the, uh, the scale that set off that final uh, booby trap. That's actually really, that's really smart. Yeah. I never really thought about the, the parallel between, and, and, and just to kind of double back on the wishing well, I always wanted to know a little bit deeper of what mouth's issue was. Like, you know, yeah, like he seemed really like bitter. Like, this is my wish. This is my dream. This didn't come true. I'm taking my Martin Sheen nickel. And it's like, wait, <laughs> what? What? Like, what's wrong? Like, what happened to you? Who hurt you? Mouth, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely think it is something where um, knowing how how hard and the lengths that, you know, when I really went through to acquire that treasure. Yeah. Kind of that's that's his. Leave that for him. We can, you know, help ourselves to other things to help us. Uh, but maybe it's like the idea of the goondocks. Like the goondocks is ours. Don't take that from us. Like that's ours. Like, you know, we our families worked hard for that. Like, don't take that away from us, you know, Troy's evil dad. Um right. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that could be just the idea of take <laughs> what you need, but dad. don't take yeah, take what you want, but don't take too much. Yeah. Be greedy. That I love that parallel of, you know, the not let not taking what's yours and the goondocks being the goonies and not wanting that taken from them. That is a, that is another cool little parallel added on there. Uh, and Mikey and had like a nice parent. Like I was just thinking, I was talking about data before I could tell where he gets his, his cute charmness, charmness. Yeah. Uh, his dad was so sweet. <laughs> yeah. How sweet was him and his dad's moment? It was it really sweet. Yeah. I always thought it was really odd, though, how it's uh, Andy and her parents. And she's like, look at him. He's, he's just like his father. It's like, 
do you know him? Like, do you know him like that to make that kind of statement? <laughs> like, I just yeah. thought about that. I was like, that, it that sounds is- like she's talking about like her child. Oh, he's just like his father. Like, that was such like a, like an intimate thing to say. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, this is that- your first time like hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Th- that was a little bit of a, <laughs> it's funny yeah, as a viewer, I don't think about it, but now that you mention it, yeah, she doesn't know them. Why is she saying that? She's yeah. not their friends. Um, now there were, now Andy, I know you love funny lines. And so there are two things stood out to me in this. Uh, <laughs> and first, I just want to talk about the cops who they pull up and they go, there they are, those goobers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did catch that. <laughs> What a weird thing for a police officer to say as they're pulling yeah. up to a crime scene. Yeah. You think they were trying to say Goonies, but they just messed up and called them Goobers? <laughs> Even as the actor, he would just said it on accident. They're like, man, leave it. That's yeah, fine. There was also a funny moment, and, and Andy, I, I think I like to think that this maybe stands out to you is when Mikey finds One-Eyed Willie for the first time, and he looks under the eye patch and says, oh, that's why they call you One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> like there would be any other reason why he would earn the nickname One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> and he couldn't tell, like, without lifting the thing up, there was like a big, like, mark in there behind the patch. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. One-eyed. Oh, go figure. Maybe. It's also it, like a skeleton from 1600s. There wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. eyeballs in those sockets anyway. Right. Yeah, I... Yeah, like I said, these kids got very comfortable around dead bodies very quickly. Yeah. Within the course of a few hours, they were just like, oh, look at this dead body. I'm going to go play with it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, from their reaction to Chester Copperpot to then yeah. uh, the the galleon with, you know, what's the the Inferno, I think was the name of the of the ship? Yeah, the ship. Yeah. From, yeah, yeah, being on there with like all these dead pirates. It's like, oh, these are less threatening than yeah. the Explorer? I don't know. Also, not enough fear of spiders in this movie. I feel like I'd be terrified of spiders. I'm not even a big, like, arachnophobia guy, but for some reason, I was thinking there's probably spiders all over this thing. Be careful. That is yeah, true. there are definitely, a, yeah, there are more um, dangers than I think we got to see them interact with because it was more like, oh, there's criminals and oh, there's booby traps. It's like, no, there also might be snakes <laughs> or like creepy crawly things. Like, hello. Or old yeah. nails they could step on. Tetanus. <laughs> Tetanus is a factor in Goonies, you know? Yeah. This is why it had to be kids, because if it was parents, like adults, they're like, oh, yeah. I'm not going down there. That's yeah, I'm not going in there. How much is the treasure worth? I don't know, like right. 10 grand. I think I'm all right. <laughs> like we're also kind of accessories to a potential murder that we yeah. might know yeah. stuff about. Yeah, know. do we ever know who that dead guy was in the ice cream? Nope. And, and weren't there oh wait, I was gonna say weren't there two dead guys, but they took the other one out. Okay. Yeah. And at what level is this just grave robbing? <laughs> like, this is why this and... is why adults would never <laughs> adults would never be the Goonies. We'd all like we'd all just think about it and go, nah, I don't think I don't think I want to be involved in this situation. Yeah, and, and since but, the cops are just like, oh, they're just a bunch of goobers, they were somebody mentioned that to them, like, hey, isn't this grave robbing? Isn't this all this other stuff? To, eh, they're a bunch of goobers. They're the Goonies. <laughs> it's Let true. They're, they're kids, they're harmless. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, so that that does it for us. My, I guess for final thoughts, I would say that, uh, again, I love going back. We, we tease certain things, but as a kid's movie, this is just a perfect kid's adventure. The last question I guess I had for myself was like, it was rainy and cold the whole time. This does not look like a place I'd want to put a country club, but uh, I digress. Uh, Alyssa, you'll get the final shot on this, but Andy, any final words on your side of this movie looking it back on it? 
Yeah, it was fun going back. I haven't watched this in a really long time, but I used to watch it a lot. Like, you know, ages like eight through 10 or something was this like my dream to have those booby traps. Um, <laughs> they didn't look as cool as I remembered them, but uh, it was it was a fun kind of easy watch and it's great to go back. And yeah, Mama Fratelli, I think I think uh, one of the most terrifying ladies in uh, in that time period. So it was, it was good to see her again. Yeah. And Alyssa, looking back on it, does, does it hold up? Did it hold up to your expectations and, and your memories as a kid? I think it totally held up to my expectations. And now I think being an adult and thinking about, oh, wow, we have these really unlikely, you know, goobers that become <laughs> heroes. It's like you have the, the coming of age story. You have the adventure piece of it. You have, you know, the idea of, of pirates and buried treasure, which seems so fantastical. But you set it in this really real world with a really real life situation and one of the things i love the most is seeing the interactions of the characters and how much of it just seems so organic and so real and so genuine potentially i don't know if it was improv or what the case may be but they just seem to have such a great rapport that seemed and felt so natural so to see these these kids that we grow to really admire and really be rooting for the whole time succeed in the end it's great it's great yeah Loved it. Definitely worth more than 77%. Uh, yes. Now, as we get to the wrap up here, Alyssa, we always like to play a little game. Uh, Andy, I always challenge him uh, with a six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Can he tie Kevin Bacon to one of the actors in this movie in six moves? Andy, I feel like you got a lot of ammo on this one. Can you make it happen, though? You're going to enjoy this one, Jack. Uh, so we got Josh Brolin, uh, who was a great villain in Deadpool 2. Yes. My mm -hmm. favorite cameo in Deadpool 2 oh, is none other than the beautiful Brad Pitt. Yes. Brad Pitt was in what movie, Jack? Sleepers. With Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. So, Alyssa, <laughs> there's, a, there's almost a running joke here. Almost every time Andy ties it to Sleepers. Uh, it's, it's hardly even six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's six degrees of Sleepers at this point. It's always Sleepers. <laughs> uh, or just that's Brad good. Pitt. Or it comes back to Brad Pitt uh, Brad. very often. And he's just a big Brad Pitt fan. And who is I mean, what's not to love, you know? Yeah. Was Brad Pitt really? I mean, I guess he did it for a second. He was in that. Okay, I'll let you say he was the invisible guy, so it doesn't. I don't know if it counts. But, but uh, you remembered him. You remembered him. But uh, but that does it for us. Uh, that was 1985, The Goonies. Uh, next time we're going to 1986 to discuss the movie Aliens with Emerald Monzon. After that, we go to 1987's Can't Buy Me Love with Aaron Ross, and in 1988. We get Bloodsport with James Shippey. Those will be fun. Be on the lookout for those. I'm Jack Farmer. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Andy, uh, where can the world find you and what you're working on? Yeah, you can find me at Just Andy Rossi or my film at Dead Body Movie. And Alyssa, where can the world find you and follow all the things you're working on? You can follow me. All the socials are at AYY underscore Marino. Um, yeah, that's where you can keep up to date on what I'm up to. Very cool. Well, after this, I think I'm going to go grab a bowl of cereal. That does it for us, you guys, and we will see you next year. <laughs>